Welcome to episode number 284, Positive Impact. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. Brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. Visit bl3ssed.com to get blessed. Also sponsored by The Motivation Files Unleashed. This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms. All right, you are now tuned in to the Rotated Views Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I'm here with Gabe Heck and JB, Positive Impact. In this episode, we have special guest, JB Driscoll. We cover topics that range from self-publishing, faith walk, leadership, side hustles, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Carol Burnett and Michael Outshuler. Guys, if you're new, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to download and subscribe. We drop a new episode every Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure. Kicking things off. Gentlemen, gentlemen, JB, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate it. Absolutely, guys. Glad to be here. Awesome, man. Awesome. So, so just a little bit of background. Uh, if you guys checked out our episode um, with Earl Piner, uh, JB and Earl had had, had a, a connection, and you know, I reached out to JB. Yeah, I saw that he was a uh, you know he self published a couple of books. So we're here to hear your story, man. So both of, those of us who do not know who you are and what you do, let us know. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's a family affair. Earl's my uh, Earl's my brother-in-law, so he uh, he was all for uh, you know continuing uh, sharing the love. So I appreciate you guys reaching out and uh, getting it. this started. So yeah, uh, a little bit about me. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus. Uh, I gave my life to Christ back in 2018, um, and so my my faith and my relationship with the Lord uh, over the years it's, it's become foundational for me. Uh, everything I do is kind of a a result of that. It's it's a it's an act of uh, appreciation for the love that God has for me and, and the love that I have for him. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of how I, I, I approach life in general. Um, professionally, I've been in supply chain for, uh, for many years now, for about seven years, going on seven years. Um, but, uh, I'm also, you know, pretty plugged in with my church. Uh, got, a, got a bunch of side hustles aside from that. And, um, I help out with the local youth, youth ministry here in Nashville. So, um, yeah, just, uh, kind of also in a season of, uh, cleaning up personal finances. I know, you know, being a, a late, uh, twenties single guy, just trying to set myself up for how I can be best, you know, successful, how I can give back to the community in the future. Um, but it kind of starts with me and, and my, my four walls. So, uh, getting, um, getting my personal finances, uh, cleaned up and, you know, uh, to help me do that, I, I got a bunch of different side hustles and one of which was, you know, self-publishing some children's books. So that's kind of how all that started. I love it. I love it. All right. So, so let's just rewind back to 2018, man. Um, so, so how did that, so how did your faith walk begin? Uh, you know, did you, you know, what was it, you know, something you grew up in and then you just kind of fully committed or grew up around and then you finally committed? Was it something, yeah. you know, not around and then, you know, so explain your story a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I grew up in the church. Honestly, I come from a, a pretty strong Christian family. Um, and so it, it had been, I've been around it, I've been in it, but it was never a heart posture for me. It was never That's a personal uh, decision to go seek a relationship with Jesus. Um, it was more of a, what, what some people call nominal, you know, just going through the motions. 
I mean, I went to church because my mom made me. I'm going to be straight up when I was when I was yeah. a kid. So uh, went through, you know, went through high school and all that kind of in those going through the motions, uh, you know, giving, getting into the college lifestyle. You know, I leaned pretty heavily, uh, honestly, on the party lifestyle and, you know, living in sin. And um, it just, you know, the, the, the gospel was not evident in my life whatsoever, or I didn't give uh didn't give the gospel credit for it for anything good in my life. And so um, that kind of seeped into my early professional career. Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of being the weekend war- warrior, uh, having fun, um, still leaning into that party lifestyle. And, and, and I just, I, I felt so empty. You know, that was just kind of the, 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 I had a, I had a short, a short empty tank um, and would, would kind of uh, get caught up with anxiety, depression, um, and, and things that I was pursuing, they just weren't filling me up. Um, and so I kind of noticed that I was at the end of my rope. Um, and that's kind of when I, you know, had a moment where I just said, you know, I need a, uh, some, there's gotta be something more here. I gotta get back in church. Um, I gotta seek something bigger than myself. Um, and that kind of led me to, to, uh, finally get involved in a church, seeking Christian community for the first time in my life. Um, I really never, uh, had friends that were, strong believers that weren't part of my inner circle. Um, and so I joined a church uh, in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, um, that I eventually got saved at. And that was really the first time that I was developing community um, in a Christian sense and having people that have a similar uh, faith journey, you know, similar belief systems uh, in my corner. Uh, and, you know, we can kind of pour into each other. Um, but since then, like I said, it's been a, it's been a growing experience. The Lord stretched me in a lot of different ways. So, um, yeah, just, just been a blessing since then. I love it, man. Thank you for sharing that. It's very inspirational. Uh, we have tons of listeners, um, and all of us can obviously relate on, on a on a uh, general scale. And I know someone who has a very similar um, uh, story that you know. Grab, hopefully, they grab onto your coattails. Uh, listen to you know where you currently are, where you're heading. Very inspirational. Um, but as we mentioned, we did talk about. So we're going to shift gears, and we did talk about uh, self publishing. So how'd you get started in publishing a book, uh, The Marvelous Mowgli, and what made you want to start and write a follow-up book titled Good Night, Sweet Beast. So explain where yeah. it began. Um, were you always a writer? Did you just uh, do it for a specific reason? And then explain the process. Absolutely. So I've always, uh, I feel like I've, uh, I've always loved writing in general. Uh, I've loved wordplay. Um, you know, writing short stories, poems, uh, songs that we'll probably never hear the light of day for a good reason. But, you know, I, I just love to write. Um, I, yeah. I've been a writer my whole life and, and, and you know, journaling and things like that. So um, I uh, the the Marvelous Mowgli actually originated uh, as a Christmas gift for my niece, who's actually Earl's daughter. Uh, I actually I, I call her Mowgli. I refer, I refer to her as Mowgli, uh, just because, you know, when she was a little toddler, she had, you know, curly, messy hair and would run around in her underwear. She just, she just reminded me of Mowgli from, from the Jungle Book. But that's kind of how we, we, came up with, we came up with that nickname. That's kind of where it started. Um, but then it just grew. And, and, one, and uh, I think it was the year uh, I got saved in 2018. I planned ahead like that summer. I'm like, you know what? I want to do something special for my niece that's going to last generation, something she's going to remember for the rest of her life. And just to show her how much her uncle loves her. And so um, I wrote her a story um, where she's the main character. She is a, you know, a sweet little monkey uh, that's just got a, that's got a heart of gold. 
Uh, and so I, I originally, uh, I wrote out the story, kind of mapped it out, uh, bought a little blank picture book from Amazon, uh, did all the uh, original illustrations myself and kind of uh, created the scenes in this kind of uh, scrapbook like picture book. Um, yeah. And so that was kind of a, that, that was an amazing gift for her, but for me as well, because on Christmas day, I got to sit with her, read through that book. And it's a, it's a Dr. Susie rhymey kind of book. And so there's some sing songy verses in there. Um, but it was just such a blessing to be able to sit with her, to read the story and just to see her face light up as she's like the main character of the book. And um, so that's kind of where the Marvelous Mowgli originated uh, its origin story. But um, looking at self publication, that was, that wasn't on the table. This was just a passion project, honestly. Um, yeah. But in the, in, you know, the lockdown of 2020 uh, that it was, um, you know, I was just looking for uh, kind of a creative outlet. Um, I think we all were to some degree uh, at, during that time. Um, I uh, had talked with some friends that are in the creative space. Uh, they kind of um, suggested that I look into to self-publication, I kind of talked about that, uh, that I wrote that book for her as a Christmas gift. And, and you know, I got, I got the content, you know, let me, let me see what avenues there are for publication. So in my research, I found that, you know, I could self-publish on uh, Kindle Direct Publishing. And so that's kind of the avenue I went. Um, and, you know, learning, learning the whole way. Um, I'm not a professional artist. And so, like I said, I did all the original uh, scenes myself. Uh, well, I think they're pretty good, but they weren't, you know, professional quality. So, a good friend of mine uh, from from uh, we did a study abroad together uh, in college. She owns her own graphic design company. So I'm like, hey, you know, um, I'd love to work with you and collaborate on this to to see if uh, you know would you be interested in illustrating a children's book? I know you've been working with marketing material and large companies. Have you ever thought about illustrating a, a children's book? So uh, she hopped right on board. Uh, her name is Mariska Voel. I want to give her a shout out. She's she's pretty amazing, based out in California. Um, but yeah, she did. We partnered on this book, and it was, it was a really uh, a great cr uh, creative collaboration um, where she was able to to help me out and get some illustrations done. And I think it looks amazing. It's great artwork, and it really brings the story alive. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really awesome avenue to find um, that anybody with a story uh, can kind of pursue self publication with 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 some low barriers to entry and just try, try to get their story out there. That's kind of how uh, Marvelous Movie came to life. Um, but since then, that kind of knocked the creative juices and got them flowing. Um, and so I came up with a follow-up story, a bedtime story called Goodnight, Sweet Beast. Um, same in the rhymey, sing-songy fashion. I, like I said, I love to rhyme. So um, that was a um, a great, you know, fun book to just to put out there. Um, I have two big sisters. And uh, aside from, from my Mowgli, uh, I have another niece and two nephews. And so I, j I just have that uh, passion for for my family and my, my, my sister's children and um, getting to see them raise their kids is a huge blessing. So, you know, taking that inspiration into, into these books is, is kind of fun. I love it, man. I love it. Um, so, so did you go the same route with uh, good night, sweet beast? Did you go with, you just bought a, um, um, you know, one of those blank, one of those bank blank publication books, drew it out, kind of sketch it all out yourself. And then, uh, went with the same illustrator? Was it the same process? Did you, you know, can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. So the, with, with, uh, with Mowgli, that, that was the Christmas gift. That was in like the scrapbook blank picture book. And that, that, that'll be with uh, my niece Jordan for the rest of her life, hopefully. Um, but with uh, Marvelous Mowgli, when we started, we kind of 
went through the whole process and, and, you know, Kindle Direct Publishing has a pretty um, uh, self-explanatory guidelines for how to publish a book. So anybody with a manuscript um, and, and cover artwork uh, under certain guidelines and me measurements can, can upload their, their book. Um, and okay. get it published within a couple weeks. So it, it's very it's very quick and easy uh, to get it done. And it goes through kind of a, a vetting process to make sure, you know, you know copyright isn't being infringed and, um, you know, you're, you're putting out content that's not, uh, you know, problematic or, or anything. So, um, but yeah, really, we the Marvelous Mowgli was in the, in the publication process. It was a learning process. Like I said, neither of us, me or Mariska had, had been in the, uh, the, the publication game whatsoever. Um, and so it was a lot of learning formatting, uh, you know, talking color schemes. And, you know, like I said, I'm a supply chain professional. And at that point, I was in commercial roofing. So I go, you know, during the day, we're talking about, you know, metal coil inventory. And at night, I'm talking about the color of the bow in Mowgli's hair. So it's just like, you know, <laughs> a variety of, uh, of conversations to be had. Yeah, yeah, but a, a good way to shake it up. A good, like I said, a good creative outlet. But um, like I said, that that mo that first Mowgli book was a, a huge learning experience, and we kind of got it down to a a template, so to speak. So when we went back to the drawing board with the new book, um, we had kind of the color scheme uh, pinned down um, that that Mariska would take with the artwork, um, but also just how 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 the book flows. The page requirements, all the nitty-gritty details that are needed on the, the publisher side, and we kind of had already vetted out, and so it was a much more uh, fluid process publishing the second book. I love it. I love it. And w were there any lessons that you learned from the first book that you applied to the first one or to the second one? I'm sorry. Um. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, being a being kind of a you know a two two person group and um, you know kind of leading the charge on the sales effort um, the first the first book um, I didn't quite put as much attention behind marketing or getting getting the word out in advance um, and so that was a really uh, fun thing to explore the second time around um, you know contacting you know bloggers on uh, children, children's books, blogs, or um, some some you know friends that are influencers on Instagram, or just getting my friends and family network involved on the front end to get the word out. Um, I feel like was a huge learning curve on the second uh, book publication. Just trying to um, yeah get that get get in that sales marketing mentality um, and, and uh, get people on board and just pushing awareness and socialization of the of the book. Um, and so that was a, a great success. And we had a, we had a great campaign where I, you know, I sent a bunch of copies to some close family friends and, you know, we had a coordinated Instagram post on the same day, you know, recommended some hashtags and we got a great, we got a great, uh, uh showing for that. And a lot of awareness was spread in, in that uh, unified effort. So yeah, a lot, a lot of great learnings, um, both on the, um, uh, formatting of the book, but also the socialization of it. I love it. So do you have any future projects that are similar um, that you're working on, if not anything that you are, you know, writing wise uh, that you're looking for. Writing to. wise. Yeah. Uh, nothing formally uh, in, in the works, uh, but definitely uh, have some, some stories being drafted kind of in the Mowgli arc. We're going to try to continue building out that character. And uh, I think she's got a lot of potential in her. 
Um, and so uh, I have a couple uh, drafts uh, in, in process for, for, for Mobley stories. Um, um, but yeah, just, just staying open to the idea of, of what else might be, might be out there and what, what else inspires me to write about um, has been kind of cool. I've, I've played around the idea of, of, of getting out a, uh, just a, just a book of short stories and poems and stuff like that. So oh, know, cool. just, just trying to keep my, my eyes open and my ears to the ground to see, you know, what inspires me and what I can, what I can do with the, the gifts the Lord's given me. So. That's awesome. Well, I mean, you could also obviously uh, uh, watch your, uh, your niece grow up and develop more stories as you just kind of just, you know, follow that trend. Hey, this, this girl's a character. She writes the stories herself. <laughs> like it's, it's great. She did. She's, she's giving me great A content. I got to pay for a college education down the road or something like that. She's, <laughs> she me out. That's awesome. So, so one thing I find um, absolutely amazing um, with children's book is obviously brevity, right? So for the attention span of a child is much shorter uh, than that of an adult, but there's something about that that's very powerful. And I feel that on a lot of books, movies, they miss it on, there's a lot of, how can I say this in a, in a very uh, constructive way that, it's very important to pay attention to length. It's very important to pay attention to how many pages or the length of a, somebody was just telling me about a three hour movie uh, that they watched and it wasn't even, you know, what it didn't even lean towards their, you know, liking, so to speak. I was like, wow, they invested a lot of time. So if you're taking on the user end, they're going to invest X amount of time. Uh, let me make it worth it at least. Right. Um, and so, you know, explain that kind of process, right? So with children's book, more than, you know, uh, like 95%, I guess, of children's books are much shorter uh, 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 paid and, you know, bigger words and, uh, you know, uh, illustrations uh, are there. And explain that and how, how that kind of plays into the storytelling. Yeah, you, you hit it. Um, it is very important, especially with like, like Mark Mowgli, uh, that book is kind of geared towards the, the, the first or second grader. And you're so right. Like their attention span is just non-existent. Uh, and so you got to keep them engaged and inter interacting the whole way through the story. Um, and so that was kind of great about the collaborative process um, with Mariska is, is how do we, you know, how do we not just make the, the formatting of the words? It can't just be a chunk of words here and then an illustration over here. The scenes, the illustrations and the words, they got to mesh. You got to like, get a kid excited to read right you got to have a kid chasing words across the page as they're being you know as a as a monkey is swinging across the line like you got to make the book come alive to this to this young child and so um you're totally right it is it's important to to keep keep uh you know brevity as as a uh, a point of the book but also make it come alive with those exciting illustrations and how you can get creative with the formatting i think that's definitely helpful I love it. And so where, where can folks uh, purchase the books? I, I believe you can get these on Amazon. Is there any other uh, location or is that the best place? Yeah, that's it. Let me, I'll just give a quick plug. It's, this is a great resource for anybody that wants to get out and start publishing, self-publishing books. Um, it, it's kind of a royalty structure. So, you know, Kindle Direct Publishing is owned by Amazon. Like I said, anybody with a manuscript in the right format can upload and get it out there within two weeks. You can start selling books that you wow. wrote. 
Um, and they ma they manage all the distribution. Anything, any book that you put out there is prime eligible, so people can get it within a couple days. I uploaded uh, the final draft of um, Mowgli, and I got my first copy less than a week later. So it's just like it's an amazing, efficient process. And so uh, everything that you put out there is eligible for Amazon Prime, so you get that two day delivery. Yeah, who isn't a Prime member these days? So yeah. right, uh, yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> a great it's a it's a great tool. And like I said, the barriers to entry crazy low um and it's exciting to see your book come alive and you know get get people involved to start leaving reviews or sharing it on their social media it's just a blast um but yeah so the the books are both available on amazon.com i have some 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 author copies uh here with me um that i send out you know as gifts and you know sign copies upon request but um yeah the main the main uh hub for for uh, those books is on amazon I love it. And do you have a separate uh, social media page for your publications or do they reach out to you directly? If either way, what, what, what are they? Yeah. So uh, we I have a, a separate uh, social media Instagram account called at uh, Jubba books. That's J U B B A B O O K S. Um, my personal is at Jub Driscoll. Um, but yeah, all the, all the information is there. The link to my author page um, is on uh, uh, both uh, both of those Instagram accounts. It'll take you right to the Amazon page and, and see all the all the publications and hopefully more in the future. Get some more out there. I love it. When uh, me and you were going back and forth with some messages, um, you know, we, you know, obviously we reach out to when we're reaching out to our uh, guests. We just you know, is there any topics you want to discuss? And you 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 requested or you mentioned just a very curious one to me, uh, which is uh, community building. And I thought it was mm -hmm. fascinating because you're, what you're doing is foundational um, to building up a community, right? Going, you know, towards the future, right? You're, you're educating and um, um, providing wholesome material to the youth. So explain maybe a little connection, even if you never, quote, made the connection before. But, but what's the importance, of, the importance of community building and in a... And, you know, everyone pitching in. So for you, it might be children's books or writing. For someone else, it might be another method that they can help build the community, right? And so, and that could be volunteering to be a firefighter. Um, there's just a bunch of things we can do. But for, you know, you, you pitching in, you know, what does that mean to you? What does that look like to you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, something I've seen that's been, been really awesome coming out of, of this whole, um, just this whole endeavor um, I've been able to reconnect with old friends, um, and you know, I get invited to friends' houses that now have young children, and I can read a story to their to their son, you know, to bed. Like that just brings me so much joy. That's just amazing. Um, what one really awesome uh, uh, story? So, um, a friend from college, she's she's now a, a a first grade teacher at a local elementary school here in Nashville, um, and so we started chatting a little bit and reconnecting. And she's like, "Hey, I'd love for you." This is still during like you know, lockdown COVID times. And so she's like, I'd love for you to be a part of our author series. So we're going through some books by local authors here in Nashville. We'd love for you to do a reading for our class. And so uh, shout out Waverly Belmont and, and Miss, uh, Miss Robertson. Uh, they, they invited me to uh, virtually uh, do a reading of The Marvelous Mowgli. They had me up on their big screen in their class. And uh, I joined them and got to be able to walk them through the story. Just hearing all the giggles and smiles, that was just, that was a blessing, man. That was a lot of fun. 
I love and, it. I love uh, yeah, just what, just what, one quick thing. Yeah, it was, it was when the when the book first came out. I come from a very very small town in Northern Virginia called Lovettsville. I'm, I'm sure not a lot of people in the world know where it's at. No stoplights. Like it is it is a very tiny town. So yeah. Uh, but it was cool when the when the book first came out. I was able to drop some copies off at the local library that I grew up going to. I lived in that neighborhood. I, 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 you know, I walked to the library. And so I brought a stack of books just like, hey, you know, I'd love to give back to my, my old neighborhood and I'd love to share these books with you guys if, if you'd be willing. And so that was kind of neat to be able to give back to my, my stomping ground. I love that, man. That's so cool. I love that. Um, yeah, and, so, and then when you're going through this, what, what was kind of the support um, you know, you said a couple of friends reached out and family members. What was some of the feedback and support that you're getting from uh, fam friends and family while you're going through, whether it was the first book, um, obviously Jordan's parents, what was everyone's reaction to this? Every, I just, the, the outpouring of love and support has, has been crazy. Um, and, and it's been kind of cool to talk with friends and family and, and how, they like most most people close to me know that I'm you know working in industry. Um, this you know the self publication is, is not my main primary livelihood and source of income, but being able to to pursue a, a side hustle and a, you know get uh, a little bit um, creative with how I how I uh, spend my time and, and and put my energy towards it, it's been cool to see how in some ways I've inspired other people to kind of pursue those those passion projects that may eventually turn into something bigger. Um, and, and that's a, that's, that's a huge encouragement to me. And I want to just share that encouragement with anybody else listening. Like, you don't have to wait, like, you don't have to wait to, for the, the stars to align, just like get out there, start making mistakes. You got to fail fast and learn faster. Like get in, get in whatever you're, you're passionate about, um, and, and just learn, be open to learning, be open to, like I said, making those mistakes. Um, but you never know what, what, what the Lord's going to do with, with the, the, uh, the, the outreach you have with the relationships you come across and just um, yeah, the gifts that he's given you. So um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a cool blessing and uh, it's been amazing to see the outpouring of, of support and, and, you know, people ask me, when's the next book coming out? When's the next book coming out? So um, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. I love it. I love it. So talk a little bit about some of the stages and how, uh, your faith walk has helped you uh, throughout this entrepreneurial endeavor, right? So you mentioned um, uh, you having a, the, the, your, your, your day job, right? And then you kind of have to transition at night uh, at slash weekends or whatever, your spare time, let's just say, yeah. Uh, yeah. to passion project, right? And so we all know that when we go after that and we begin that journey, uh, of that passion project, that everything's not smooth or everything doesn't work out uh, the way we think it's going to, or we might, you know, you know, hit a roadblock along the way. Explain how overcoming those obstacles, um, how, how your faith walk allowed you to you know, come over and, and become, you know, a conqueror on the other end of that. Because a lot of times you find people, they enter into these pro passion projects and, um, you know, they, they hit one or two roadblocks get distracted and you know sooner and later they kind of just put it by the wayside it kind of just you know dies on someone's desk right um but you yeah. overcame and and i know a lot of times we don't necessarily talk about like the negative so to speak but it's part it's keeping it real right it's part of the process we have to overcome this and i'm more looking for you know mindset 
so, so what's your take on that? Oh yeah. That's, oh man, we could spend some time, <laughs> but, uh, in just talking a little bit about how my, my faith has influenced this, this side of things. And we'll get into a lot of that, um, as we, as we break it apart. But, um, like I said, everything that I do, I, I aim, I'm imperfect at it, but I aim to have everything I do be an outpouring, uh, of the love that, uh, you know, God has for me and, and, and who he's created me to be. Um, but over the past several years, you know, that's been a learning curve and figuring out who he actually created me to be and stepping into that identity. Um, and he's been, he's been stretching me in a lot of ways, uh, unanticipated and mostly unwanted to be, to be frank. Um, and so looking at like my main professional career, um, I, you know, time and time again, over the past, you know, I'd say five years, I'd find myself in a rut, uh, professionally. Um, and as a guy, you guys might be able to relate, like, it's so easy to seek a sense of identity from your job. Like when you meet somebody for the first time, what's like one of the first few questions you ask them, what do you do for a living? Right. What, what, what do you do for a job? Like what? And, and that, that there's an implied sense of, you know, there's a weight uh, associated with your job in relation to your identity. Um, and so after, see, you know, going through those phases of being maybe unsatisfied at work, um, you know, seeking, seeking joy through my main gig, um, my main job, um, you know, I'd come up shorthanded, but I'm seeking, you know, something, uh, uh, something, you know, ultimate joy and satisfaction from a, from a non-eternal thing. You know, that my job is not the source of my fulfillment, my joy. Um, that comes from, you know, the Holy Spirit. When we're talking about peace, we're talking about joy. Those are fruits of the Spirit. Those aren't fruits of myself. Those aren't fruits of my job. That You know, a lot of job and, you know, career things are circumstantial. And, you know, good, good seasons will come, but they'll also, they'll, they'll ebb and flow. You'll, you know, you'll experience those roadblocks that you are mentioning. Um, those are inevitable. I think the past couple of years have uh, convinced us that, you know, disruptions and, and hurdles, they're, they're guaranteed. Like they're, they're not a, um, a question of, of if, um, but when. Um, and in, in my faith walk, um, I've just had a hunger and a desire for truth um, and identity since giving my life to Christ. Um, it's, it's, it's always kind of been there, but like, since, since God becomes the main, main thing in my life, I now can rely on him as the source for that stability, for that sense of, of peace that surpasses all understanding. Um, and now like, um, I, I have that tangible source of, of where I'm, I'm seeking those things from. Um, my walk with Jesus has also taught me a lot of peace. Um, and patience and how I can't, like I said, they're, they're fruits of the spirit. They're not things I can, I can conjure up on my own. Um, but thinking of, of side hustles and, um, you know, passion projects, uh, I, I try to approach that with, with patience, with peace. I know in today's day and age, you know, we're all about the instant gratification. Let's, let's do something big and shiny and flashy immediately. It's going to go viral. We're going to be successful. I, I love that dream. That's great. But <laughs> frankly it doesn't always work that way um and, and you know more than we than we want it to and so it's, it's kind of approaching um just being being faithful being a good steward of the gifts that god's given you um and you know taking the time to plant those seeds keep keep 
cultivating those skills, those gifts, and growing and developing. Um, being a being a lifelong learner, leaning on others in the in the field that you eventually want to be in, getting in proximity to those people and just soaking in wisdom um, is is so critical. But just having that sense of peace and patience and letting something grow over time to eventually, and maybe it might always be a passion project, but maybe if you give it the right opportunity, uh, have the right conversations and, and put the right love and work into it, um, you never know what's going to happen. I love it. Um, can you talk a little bit about, uh, since we're, we're on the side hustle passion project um, topics, can you talk a little bit about focus and and um because because there's a lot of distraction and we have a lot of ideas and we may think uh this is what we want to do um may want to do x y and z uh but maybe tie in a little bit about how one can focus in on the selection of their project by just having that relationship with god right mm. and praying about it and and being patient on uh, that selection process, but also taking action and being active, right? And some people, you know, they just sit on an idea for years. I, I don't, I, they, they, you know, you may have missed something there. I'm not sure because everyone's, um, everyone's walk is different and, you know, and their relationship is sure. different. But explain that. So, so someone who's trying to pick between 15 different things uh, and then we'll get into, is it okay to have multiple side hustles? But before we get there, selecting, let's just say, you know, the, the handful out of 25 ideas someone might have right now. Right. No, that's great. Um, it's hard. It's hard to keep or hard to allow um, something you're passionate and grow if you keep it to yourself. Um, and that kind of goes back to my intention on building community and you know, you know, expanding, finding really close, intimate friendships um, that, you know, have the same foundation that I do that can speak in, like I invite people into my business. I, I like to be fully known with those I'm closest to and be fully transparent. Um, and a lot of times you'd be, you'd be shocked to see how you don't know you have a gift until someone else calls it out of you. Like you get being in those close relationships and getting involved with those, those people, um, they can speak that truth into you and you're like, man, I, you know, I never even thought of that. I, I can go pursue that now. So um, you, people might have, you know, desires to go in many different directions, but you can't do 12 to 15 things. Well, like multitasking as, as we do it all the time, we're just doing a bunch of things poorly. We're not doing one or two things really, really, really well. Our attention spread across a variety of things. Um, right. And so in doing that and having too many passion projects inside, you're, you're, you're not able to get as far ahead as you would like to if you just focus your time and energy towards just maybe one or two things. Um, but all that to say, like, I, I, I definitely think the community and surrounding yourself with people that, like, will be honest with you and straightforward with you, um, can speak into your business, can be, can be fully known by and know, and know them. Um, that is a, that is a huge thing to call out those gifts. Like I said, that you may not even know you have, or you're, you're questioning and, um, they can help pull that out of you and, and cultivate that into something a little bit more fruitful. I love it. Um, okay. So let's two more topics, uh, that I want to change gears on, but, you know, uh, relatively in the same, you know, area we're currently 
there's just a lot going on in the world today, right? Um, uh, there's just, it seems like we're all moving in different directions and, and, you know, talking about building the community, um, coming together, um, and, and obviously with Faith Walk, in that, in this, you know, so-called chaotic, you know, uh, you know, times, what is the importance of leadership and, and mm. people be taking control and quote lead of situations and really, really controlling what they can control. Right. So a lot of times I'm, I'm entering a lot of these conversations where people are getting overwhelmed or you're just, you know, almost driving, you know, driving themselves into, you know, you know, more chaotic thoughts by just talking about the uncontrollables. But I guess my, what, what I want to drive down here is the importance of leadership, but also controlling what you can control. Yeah, no, that's great. And you hit the, the, the nail on the head with, um, I think a lot of it comes down to, to, to those boundaries and identifying those boundaries of where do I, where do I begin and where do I end? Where's my ownership and the stake of these things? What, what, what are the controllables and uncontrollables, like you said? Um, and, and I feel like that, that chaos can lead to a lot of anxiety, a lot of worry. Um, that's unnecessary. And I don't mean to downplay any sort of mental illness or, you know, mental uh, issues, but um, I feel like a lot of people, we live in such an anxious time. Um, everybody is worried. and um, But it's identifying those things that, like, I, I have a stake in this, and I can actually – I can change the course of this, but so many of those other fears and anxieties, um, I have no control over. That's something I got to give to God and, 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 and push over. I can't, I can't, I can't lose sleep over that. I'll, I'll tell a quick story. So I used to work at, um, uh, Haynes brands, the underwear company, um, in my first job and, uh, being in supply chain, disruptions are inevitable. I, I you've probably heard at every store you go to, sorry, we're out of this. Sure. Um, but being in, in, in supply chain and manufacturing environment, uh, elastic waistbands were a very hard commodity to come by. We had a lot of barriers and boundaries, but I would lose sleep over elastic. I would be woken up in a cold sweat about, oh my gosh, are we getting the shipment? Oh my gosh, we're going to shut down. But it's just things that like we, we can have all our ducks in a row and then something completely outside of our control comes like a pandemic, for example, and this rails everything. And what are we going to do? Um, and that, I kind of, I mean, I go back to the faith walk, but that's, that's why, uh, you know, my faith in Jesus is so foundational and so core, core to my being, because not if, but when those disruptions happen, I still have that. I still have my relationship with Jesus. That's unchangeable, and it's only growing from here on out. Um, but to answer your question about leadership, um, totally true. It's, it's, a, it's a chaotic world to be in right now. Um, and from what I've seen with great leaders in my past and what I strive uh, to be in those that are, I'm leading is, is just removing confusion, right? Um, to be a good leader, uh, you, you remove confusion and hurdles out of the way. You work with your team. You work with those that are uh, you're pouring into and you're asking questions. You're being humble. You have a posture of humility with those people. And you're trying to see what, you know, where are you trying to go? What are you trying to do? How can I help serve you? Let me remove that confusion so you can get to where you want to be. Um, I felt like uh, removing confusion and humility are just vital, vital characteristics of, of really impactful leaders. I love it, man. Well said. Well said. 
Um, I was having a conversation with someone over the weekend, uh, this past weekend, about uh, the legacy one leaves. And sometimes uh, what we think, what we think our legacy is versus what people perceive us to be. It's so funny. Sometimes there's a disconnect. Hopefully there's not a major disconnect. Um, and hopefully it's not a complete opposite of what you think you're leaving behind. Right. And so, um, and so hopefully, uh, your goal is to, um, leave a positive impact. Right. And that, you know, that's the title, that's the title of, of this show tonight. And everything we're talking about, uh, you somehow twisted into, uh, having a very positive impact on your community, on your friends and family directly, right? These are the things we want people to do, right? These are the things we want people to model. Um, and then we touched a little bit about leadership and removing confusion. I love that. Um, legacy or, or what is the importance of leaving, um, first of all, having a current positive impact on your community and those around you, and then leave it when, when, when people think about um, you know, JB, you know, when they think about that, how important is it for you that they think of that man had a positive impact on my life, right? And how that just gave me the chills, by the way. Um, but because I'm very, <laughs> I'm very passionate about that for my own story, right? That when people think, yeah. and say, man, what a, you know, I don't want them thinking, man, what a knucklehead, you know? Um, you know, he didn't have much of an impact, right? It was just like, oh, wow, it was very underwhelming. Um, yeah. But so, so, so not that, not that you want to like, you know, blow people's minds and, and be overly impressive and just be this egotistical thing. You know what I mean, right? Like having that positive, right. impact, um, that's important for you that you helped and you didn't hurt. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a great question. Um, the, the first thing that comes to my mind in, in Philippians Paul, Paul says, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain, no matter what happens to me, you know, my name could go in the trash and no one could remember me. But as long as the name of Christ is proclaimed, that's a win. That's, that's the goal. That's the, that's the aim. Um, and so, and so living, living into that, you're never going to see the full extent of the, of the ripples of the decisions you make, both positive and negative. Like, you know, we, we, we don't know the outer reaches of, of the decisions and the interactions that we have. Um, but I, a great quote from, from C.S. Lewis um, that, I, that I read recently is, you know, if you, if you aim at heaven, you'll get earth thrown in. But if you aim at the earth, you'll get neither. And wow. so with that, with that mentality, it's like, what am, like I said, what, whatever I'm doing, am I doing to the glory of God or am I doing the glory? doing it to the glory of myself you know am i am i doing this to seem like a good person or am i doing this because i love god and i want to give that same love to other people um, love it. it, 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 it it's, it's pushing that eternal love out into the world that i can't i can't make up on my own like i need that source from the holy spirit um and so the legacy is great but it's not the gospel it's not what's going to last beyond the ages after this world is done. Um, it's, it's, let me just continue to um, walk boldly, knowing that the Lord's leading my steps um, and just trying to be obedient to the best of my abilities. Of course, I'm going to slip. I'm going to fall. I'm going to, I'm going to falter. Um, but I, I'm, I, that, there's grace for that, you know? 
Um, but keeping those, um, it's kind of funny. The, the, the interactions that I have with people that I think are mild to no effect at all are sometimes the things that people come back, you know, months or maybe a year later, be like, man, you know, I really appreciate that conversation we had. That was an awesome conversation. Or like, I appreciate you, you did this for me. I'm like, oh, I don't even remember doing that. Like, it's those little tiny things. And I, this is, you know, said a lot. If you focus on the small things, the big things will take care of themselves. Um, if you're walking in that wholehearted intention, legacy will happen. But, you know, it's not all about me. It's not all about me. So just being mindful, mindful of your decisions and why you're doing them. Are they for you? Or are they something bigger than you? I love it. I love it. Um, so one question we'd like to ask all of our guests, uh, if given the opportunity, is how do you how does one manage? Uh, how do you manage the work life balance? Um, is this something that you kind of just intertwine and you don't necessarily make a huge division? uh between it or is it is there a very you know when you're at home you're just doing your thing you don't focus too much about uh x y and z H and and how do you how do you manage all of it right so you have as you said the stressors of your nine to five then there's the stressors of your personal life then the stressors of the side hustles and you know and it's you going through all of that right you're navigating through all of that so so explain to us uh, how you personally, what works best for you? Uh, how do you manage? How do you balance all that out? Yeah, no, and that's that's a uh, that's a great question. It's pretty pretty uh, timely for my season of life right now. Like I mentioned, I'm I'm in a season of uh, you know extreme financial discipline. I'm I'm working three jobs uh, in addition to my main gig, and to to pay off my student loans to set my financial you know personal finances up for success in the future. Um, and so I am, I'm the busiest I've ever been in my entire life. Um, aside from working, you know, I'm, I'm pretty active in serving at my church. I lead a youth group. Um, but still, like, I, I have a very fulfilled and very um, active social life and, and spiritual life with, with my small group. Um, the, the, the excuse of, oh, I don't have time, that doesn't work anymore. It's, oh, I didn't make time. Like you will, you will make time for the things that are a priority. Um, and, yeah, it, 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 regardless of the season of, of life that you're in, like, like I said, I'm in the busiest season of life that I've been in my entire life. It's not going to get any more chill, <laughs> maybe in retirement, but like eventually I want to start a family and have kids. And like that, that's a whole nother level that I don't even know yet, but I can't wait for that to happen. So this is great preparation for that time probably. Um, right. but in the midst of all that busyness, I still prioritize um, building, cultivating long-lasting and meaningful friendships that I that you know can pour into me, but that, but I can pour into them. That reciprocation, um, and it's setting that intention. To be like, listen, um, you know, this week is I I can't this week, but let let's set some time aside in a week or two to get together to grab some coffee to catch up on life. Um, it's such an important thing because if you get stuck in the busyness and the grind, you're just going to get ground down to a nub and you're not going to be able to have someone pull you out of that ditch. You need to have those people in your corner that can see you in a, in a point of, of need um, and to call that out and, and help fill you up. Um, so yeah, setting that intention, intentionality is absolutely key. 
um, and making sure that you can have a fulfilled work-life balance or whatever that looks like. I love it, man. So, so we, we touched on several topics. Uh, we hit some, you know, very, very important points on some huge takeaways uh, for all of our listeners. Was there something that's just sitting on your heart or something that we didn't touch a topic uh, maybe a comment that you're just thinking about now or something you want to say earlier that you want to bring up now? Um, was there anything additional you want to uh, use this platform for? Uh, yeah, I just, uh, you know, in talking with, um, it's in talking through all the, all the extra, all the extra side hustles and jobs and everything. Um, it's just, I've learned, I've learned such a sense of humility and I know a lot of people might be thinking about getting some side hustles or, you know, maybe what I want to do, what I want to dig into a passion project. Don't get caught up in that analysis paralysis, like step out boldly, go, go do something that you're, you're questioning. You might be sure you're unsure about as a side project. You never know where that's going to develop. Um, but having that heart posture of humility and being, like I said, that lifelong learner, um, a student uh, getting in the corner of, of people that, are in the world you're trying to, to get into and soaking in that wisdom. Um, I think that's just, just has been transformative in my life. And so I encourage others to do that as well. I love it. I love it. Sweet, man. So, uh, so JB, one more time, uh, how can folks get your publications? Um, and then how can they connect uh, with you if they wanted to? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, my personal Instagram is at uh, Job Driscoll, J-U-B-B-D-R-I-S-C-O-L-L. Um, and all the uh, publication and book information can be found on the, um, the Instagram account, uh, account at Jabba Books, J-U-B-B-A-B-O-O-K-S. Um, and so, yeah, we're looking forward to, to getting out some new projects in the future. Um, got some exciting things in the works. Awesome, man. We appreciate it. So we'd like to wrap things up with quotes, and the first one is by Carol Burnett. When you have a dream, you've got to grab it and never let go. Second one by Michael Outshuler. The bad news is time flies. The good news is you're the pilot. Positive impact. In this episode, we have special guest, J.B. Driscoll. We cover topics that range from self-publishing, faith walk, leadership, side hustles, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Carol Burnett, and Michael Outshore. Awesome. Guys, thanks again for joining us. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Huge shout out to our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. That is BL3SSED.com. Also sponsored by The Motivation Files Unleashed. This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms. Guys, don't forget to visit the website, JimmyLeeVelez.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rotated Views. If you have any inquiries or questions, email us at info at JimmyLeeVelez.com. On behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. Stay blessed. <laughs>